Welcome to Remotely Possible, a podcast about the people shaping the future of work. My name's Adam Riggs, and I'm the CEO of Frameable, a software company that's improving distributed work for Microsoft Teams and Outlook users. We're always looking for leaders, technology innovators, and software partners who might be a good fit as a guest on the podcast. If you have a story to share about creating and maintaining a highly collaborative environment for either hybrid or fully remote teams, we'll share details at the end of each episode of this podcast so you'll know how to get in touch with us. And now, let's dive into our conversation about how real people are making the future of work more successful. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Remotely Possible. Today, my guest is Cynthia Peterson. Cynthia is the Chief People Officer at DeskTime, which is a 12-year-old company that makes time tracking and project management tools. It is part of the Latvian tech giant Draugian Group. Welcome, Cynthia. Hi, Adam. And my very, very, uh, sorry, (laughs) I'll start again. So, Hi, Adam. And uh, I really like your pronunciation of the Latvian word, Draugian Group. I know that for an American, the R's are quite difficult, and I loved it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I'm doing my best. So uh, please take a moment to introduce yourself uh, and also introduce desk time to the listeners. So I think you did a, a wonderful job. I am indeed the pe- chief people officer at DeskTime. DeskTime is a time tracking and productivity management tool. And yes, we are a part of the Latvian uh, tech company Draugiem Group, also known as the the mother company of uh, names like Printful, that probably is a better name, better known name in America. Um, so I've been in uh, HR for actually just a couple of months now. My background is in marketing. I've been the uh, CMO of DeskTime for the last three years, and this is a new opportunity for me. So I think my perspective is quite unique uh, since I've been a team lead for a very long time, and now I see the other side of the coin as an HR person. Fantastic. So, you know, we we wanna learn about your unique uh, perspective on remote work and hybrid work. We want to hear about uh, how time tracking software is being used differently now than it was, say, five years ago. Um, but let's start with a, a fun and uh, down-to-earth question, which is, um, what does your remote or home office look like, and what do you use to get your work done? If If we could see your desk, how would it be set up, and what are the important parts of that? I am a very neat person, so my desk is minimalistic, very clean. I only have my laptop on it, and um, I also have a dedicated workspace with a comfortable chair. Um, So I don't need much, but I need my peace and quiet. I do have two kids at home, and so uh, when I work at home, I I try to do it alone when they're at school or or in the kindergarten. but yeah, I don't need much. The only thing I, I need to do my work is my laptop and uh, probably some cool office apps that I can uh, manage my team from. Yeah. So no no second screen, no no extra monitor, no external keyboard or mouse or anything like that. You're just totally yeah able to function with your laptop and that's it. Yes, not at home. Um, 
I know a lot of people do have these uh, extra monitors, but uh, but I keep them um, strictly in the office um, because, first of all, I don't think that they look beautiful and I'm a really aesthetic person and I do need my space to look very beautiful uh, for me to be completely productive. My house has to be clean. My, my desk has to be clean. So uh, because if it's not, then I will probably find anything um, to do instead of work. So I will try to clean up or will tidy up and so on. So yes. that's kind of my, my, my setup. Yeah. It has to be clean and with not, with not, 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 sorry, with nothing that's, uh, that's bothering me. Understood. So tell us about your team at desk time. Uh, I think you have like maybe around 30 people. Uh, is it, is it a, a hybrid team? Is it a fully remote team? Is everyone coming to the office five days a week? What is the current reality? So yeah, there are, 30 people in our team. Um, the team has grown tri triple and tripled uh, in size uh, during the last two to three years. We were actually a very small team for uh, 10 years at the beginning. It's, it was quite kind of um, a startup uh, thing. Uh, but when uh, pan the pandemic hit, people mm, uh, found the need uh, for time tracking tools like ours, and so the company was able to grow significantly. Um, at this point, I mean, I know that the elephant in the room is time tracking in general, so I have to tell you that uh, our company, uh, since we do uh, produce this tool, we also use it in our everyday lives, and we've proven time and time and again that it's very beneficial in, in, in our everyday lives. Um, because it's actually a really fun story, let's say a fun story of how Desk Time was born. It was in 2011, it was uh, so 20 years ago, um, when uh, Draw Game Group started. And um, Draw Game Group was the first uh, first company in Latvia that offered flexible work. And at that time, flexible work meant that you could come and go as you please, and you could start work uh, till uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning, um, and most people used uh, this this fantastic opportunity. But of course, when you come uh, to the office so late, and then when some people decided to leave early, for example, at five o'clock, yeah. uh, which was the same thing, you know, when when uh, that that people uh, that who started work at seven or eight o'clock left. Um, of course, it wasn't fair. So. Desk time was born out of the necessity of our our own internal team management uh, team management pro pro processes, um, and we use it to uh, look after our employee well-being. We try to uh, get data out of it. We try to use it as a project uh, tracking tool, so we know how much. Uh, it costs to to uh, issue new features or or you know do whatever it takes to run a company, and also we try to look after the well-being of our employees so that they don't overwork because we saw a tendency that it unfortunately was was very true that um, when people hear time tracking they think okay so you don't trust your employees and. Uh, we always like to say that it's important uh, to understand um, the the implications and the ways uh, that people use uh, and that employee employers use time tracking software because 
everything, every tool in the world can be used um, in a good way, in a bad way, of course, you know. Uh, but we like to say that um, that we, do, we, we trust our, our employees, but we sometimes don't trust them not to overwork. So uh, we have to be there and help them and um and uh it's a way to, for uh for for us ourselves to know that we are giving them too much work or or just overworking them or that people have to be reminded to take care of themselves mm -hmm. yeah that's our story you, you you mentioned uh when we were chatting before the show that um the european union has recently passed some rules relating to time tracking. Uh, can you tell our listeners a little bit about those? Yeah, it's actually not, uh, it's not even a recent rule. It was uh, the, it's called the EU Working Time Directive and it was originally passed, I think in 1993. So it's not a completely new rule, but um, it, it has implemented, so it's it's mandatory in the, in, in the Euro European Union uh, to track time. Um, you don't necessarily have to use time tracking tools, but you have to show uh, that people aren't uh, being overworked, which was a, apparently a big problem in the EU uh, and it wasn't in any way regulated. So that is something that we in the European Union have to uh, use daily. I, okay, I see. So it, it's it's an old rule, but, um, mm. but it's newly... Um, enforced or newly sort of um, mechanized by yeah. this time yeah. tracking software, which makes it easier and more accurate. Yes, exactly. Because you have to uh, track the, the time that your employees spend uh, at work anyway, but using time tracking software is just a way to automate it to because you know most people use excel sheets or or time sheets or or something that's very time consuming and actually um, uh, is is not is is not beneficial to everyday work because you just have to do um, strange manual tasks that you can automate with yeah. tools like this. Okay. Um. Wh what are your What are your thoughts on the return to office discussion um, that's happening in Europe and and the United States? Like, how do you hear leadership in corporate in corporations in Europe talk about you know, this idea of people coming back to the physical office, uh, be re being required to come back a certain number of days uh, or embracing more flexible schedules. What is the, the current, um, what does that conversation sound like these days in the mainstream press? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, I think it's the same as in the U.S., Europe also got the taste of the the so-called great uh, resignation that still kind of continues to ravage organizations worldwide, um, because the preference for a particular work environment quickly became a hill to die on for for many big corporations, and that's the same in I think all over the world, not only in the U.S. or the uh, EU. Um, so, um, while there are companies who have forced reluctant employees to return to the office and uh, most of them saw that these these employees quickly kind of abandoned ship um, and and that kind of grew into this phenomenon called the great resignation um, 
it's still happening right now and there are still companies uh, in the U U US who have uh, the US and the EU who have uh, tried to implement these uh, these uh, working conditions and and tried to force uh, workers back to office but i mean um as a data company we have data to back it up and uh, we did um, a study in uh, 2022 and we asked uh, asked our like more than two and a half thousand uh, respondents uh, that are uh, that use our software and uh, we simply used the we we uh, made a survey we we asked uh, them about the uh, working conditions that they were in whether they were working in office or or remotely or hybrid and the um the most nearly half of the respondents uh, did work remotely so that was about like 50 or 46 percent I, I won't be that precise right now uh, and the uh, the other half was split uh, almost evenly between in office uh, and hybrid workers and um, what we asked was if uh, they would give us permission to um, um, to survey and to uh, research their personal productivity data. Of course, it was all done anonymously. Um, and so what we found that on average, remote workers worked almost a full hour more than their in-office hybrid counterparts, which on paper sounds good and um, even, even sounds like it would be, it would be foolish for these big corporations to force uh, force uh, employees back in office um, but it also of course comes um, at a cost probably of their mental well-being so what we found that in uh, in 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 our everyday work at desk time we use we are a completely uh, hybrid workspace that's what we do and we and that's the hill that we would die on because we do think that uh, that's the best way to go Okay, yeah, um, I've seen data um, he from here in the States by Nick Bloom out at Stanford who says that, uh, or the data shows rather that um, saving uh, the commuting time um, gives a person back, you know, somewhere between 60 and 70 minutes a day, uh, but they are only spending, they, and they are spending or are only spending uh, about half that time working more and the other half they're they're spending on you know their personal well-being wellness childcare cooking health etc um so but it sounds like your findings were that um they were working a full hour more not a not a half hour more roughly and that that was enough for there to be a concern at the at the management level about whether or not that was good for them long term is that right yeah that's right it was at um, almost a, a full hour, uh, which meant our findings found that most people just didn't take breaks. So um, there's a study done by DeskTime uh, some time ago. We even have a, a, our own Wikipedia page about this. Um, it's called the 5217 um, uh, schedule, which means that the most productive workers uh, work 52 minutes and uh, take breaks for at least 17 minutes. And this is how most people can uh, be the most productive and efficient and because it gives your brain time to rest. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when we did this uh, study, we found that most people just when they worked at home, they simply did not have 
uh, or take breaks. Um, and it varied between uh, taking breaks from work um, and taking breaks from their personal day-to-day um, things that they had to do. So, mm-hmm. for example, when you're in the office, when you take a break, you go and talk to your coworkers, or you go and make yourself a coffee, or whatever you do in your in your free time on those five to fifteen minutes. When you're at home, most people, me included, I mean, we go and take care of chores. We tidy up. We take care of children. We put in the wash or or make ourselves uh, uh, some food, which all takes a lot of time and actually a lot of brain capacity. So in reality, when people say that they they work from home and that they work remotely, and when they say that they, they take breaks, we always have to ask them what they understand with the uh, term break. So if they're actually resting or or they're doing something else that is not work related at that time. Uh, but they also, since they don't commute and they don't uh, spend this time in, in, in other ways, they, they did uh, spend an, at least an hour more at the computer, which probably always comes at a cost of their social dimension or, or their personal time oftentimes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about collaboration in remote or hybrid environments. How mm-hmm. have you found the level of creativity and productivity of your team now that you are um, working with more remote colleagues or with colleagues who are remote on a given day, uh, you know, at a much greater rate than than you were a few years ago? Like, what are the what are the challenges? working with remote colleagues and what are some of the ways that you have found um, at your company to, um, you know, get the best, inspire the best performance and get the best uh, work out of people who are not physically together? Mm. Um, One rule, rule that we have implemented and asked people to do is to come to the office two to three times a week. Not everybody is a fan of this decision, and we're still kind of testing the waters uh, to see um, whether we're going to keep this rule or maybe go back to completely freely choosing whether you want to be a completely remote or completely in-office worker. Yeah. So that's uh, the first thing that we that we do. The, the second thing that we uh, have invested a lot of time and money in is uh, employee and especially team lead training. Uh, and that means psychological training, um, uh, learning to be a better leader, a better uh, better team lead, uh, which also means that you you learn to set goals, you learn to um, to give uh, constructive feedback, and so on and so forth. And so when you have these uh, tools at your disposal at any time, any given time, um, you are very effective uh, leading a team. And it doesn't matter whether they're in person or right. or you work in person or you work uh, through a screen. So that's kind of the my main takeaway from this. Uh, we have implemented something called the DISC methodology, which also is a very interesting uh, thing. I won't go into detail about uh, what that is. You know, people can read about it if they want. But it's uh, it's basically um, um, a personal communication model. So there are four communication styles in total. 
and each uh, desk time employee has completed a personality test uh, that shows uh, their their personal communication models. And so um, that's also something that really has helped us um, set these boundaries and um, uh, see whether people are thriving or which people and which groups of people are thriving in the office or environment or in the remote remote environment. So um, that's kind of we use these tools uh, to to see uh, and to show our our teams and our employees and as well as the C-suite uh, that not everybody is suited for uh, a work completely just in the office and not everybody is happy being completely remotely because they're, you know, working completely remotely because there are these social butterflies that simply have to have uh, other people around them and have to communicate with living, breathing people all the time and they need mm -hmm. it more than, than the air they breathe. And then there are, there are the, the loner types that prefer to work alone and to be remote and they're very productive this way. So those are kind of our biggest takeaways that we all are very different and we just have to uh, stop thinking about the workforce as a united mind because in reality there are a lot of uh, it consists of just individual needs and individual beings mm -hmm. so just to clarify are you are you describing a process where uh either in the hiring process or after you hire someone you will give them this assessment to determine what kind of communicator they are or what what kind of um, communicative personality traits they have. And then you will use that information to um, adjust their training uh, or to inform their bosses of their um, of their, you know, preferences and 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 style mm -hmm. so that the work can be more successful or how do you how do you use that information once you have assessed it so yeah we assess it once the person is hired the first thing that they do they don't have any information about what the test is for so they aren't biased in any way so they um, fill out this test and uh, then we send it to a company that uh, specializes in this methodology and they send us the results. Um, so each uh, person has either one specific type or a combination of types and um, the person gets their own yes, assessment. Not only that, they also uh, have, we, they have this uh, coaching session with a person that specializes in this, this methodology. So, um, we introduce uh, employees not only with their own types, but uh, with the other types as well. And uh, this information is public. It's uh, nothing to be ashamed of. It's nothing. Uh, these types aren't um, in any way good or bad. Yeah. They just describe the, the, the communication style each person has. Yeah. And so then since this information is um, um, available to anyone in our team, it is used to simply help us communicate better. For example, if I'm if I'm a social butterfly and if I'm a very impactful person who likes to talk a lot and who um, who who has this need for for you to always ask me how I'm doing or I'm very interested in how you're doing and I'm not uh, I'm not a really analytical person. And when I come um, and talk to a person who is very introverted or very analytical and who only uh, speaks through data, I have to adjust 
my personality and this person also has to adjust theirs. So we can meet in the middle and we can work together without being annoyed by each other or without misunderstanding each other. So that's how we use it. This is, it's just um, fascinating and, you know, really forward leaning of the company. I, I think uh, probably some of our listeners who work at larger companies um, couldn't really imagine, you know, uh, taking that kind of care on a large scale. Um, but it's great to hear about how you're doing it and how successful it is, because maybe it doesn't have to be every single hire, you know, uh, for for the company. Um, it could start in a division or it could start as a as a pilot or something like that. And just to hear your your results are strong um, is is really encouraging. Um, mm. It's fantastic. So looking ahead, um, we probably have time for one more question here. So looking ahead, what do you see as the um, the future of this dynamic, you know, uh, hybrid work? It sounds like you're still figuring out um, exactly what the you know configuration of hybrid is for for desk time. But I mean, what do you see? How do you see this playing out over the next few years? And um, especially given that your your product, this time tracking software, has the potential to um, to play such a positive role in, as you described it, managing people's well-being um, uh, or helping them manage their own well-being and not um, not overworking uh, and doing better at tracking their time and things like that. Like, how, how do you see this playing out over the next few years as people come to terms with their desire for this flexibility, you know, um, being able to make their own schedules uh, to a certain extent more than they were a few years ago, uh, but at the same time, making sure that the company's needs are are met and the client's needs are met. Mm -hmm. I think what it comes down to is understanding that um, time tracking or or tools like this is uh, there. It's just one of the million things uh, a company owner or the HR team uses to assess uh, if a person is a good employee or not. Or uh, while most people think that you know this is kind of um, uh, too much monitoring, but we have to understand that we have to meet employers and employees uh, halfway. Uh, if people want to be very flexible. Um, if they want to uh, to do whatever they want with their time, it's uh, probably very fair uh, for the employer to, to ask them to uh, for well for proof basically. And it's the same thing uh, with employees. We are um, it's it's our duty to ourselves not to overwork and to have this proof that we have done, that we have put in the hours that we have mm -hmm. done our work. So I think that time tracking and and uh, tools similar to, to time tracking tools are the future because it that's the only way that we can actually be free. And um, my experience shows that people who are kind of fresh to this flexible working situation, don't really know how to manage their own time. And tools like this simply show us what we're doing with our time, uh, that the little five minute um, 
you know, these five minute tasks that uh, some uh, team leads give us actually don't take five minutes and that mm-hmm. we actually, you know, need three and more hours for these little tasks mm-hmm. and to have the data for it and to and to work with the data to um, make our lives a little better and to be able to plan our days a little better. So that's kind of the takeaway from this that I can I can give you. Don't look at time tracking as a monitoring tool, but look at it as, um, as a tool that can help you, help you uh, manage time, help you be flexible and be honest with yourself and be honest with your employer. And it goes uh, both ways. Thank you so much for that. That's that's a great way to end it. Uh, Cynthia, it was great having you on the show today. Thank you for, for having me. It was a blast. Our pleasure. Have a great day. You too. I'm your host, Adam Riggs, and I'd like to thank you for listening to Remotely Possible, the podcast about distributed work and the people who make it possible. Remotely Possible is sponsored by Frameable, a software company with a mission of making virtual collaboration feel as easy as turning around and talking to each other. Learn more at frameable.com. To become a guest on an upcoming edition of Remotely Possible, head over to frameable.com slash podcast and introduce yourself. If you know someone who'd be a great guest, tag them on social media and let them know about the show and include the hashtag Remotely Possible. If you enjoyed this conversation, please share it on your social networks and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Your likes, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and to our team. Want to know how Frameable Spaces helps Microsoft Teams and Outlook users collaborate more effectively? Visit our website, frameable.com, or follow us on social media. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.